Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another week of the Nine State Sports Show Football Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina. I'm definitely more than six feet away from Mike Lockman. Mike, how are you doing this week? I'm doing all right, and you're right. We are we are separated by some considerable geography tonight. Some there is some distance between us, so we are we right. are <laughs> safe and and responsible. Uh, as always, you can send us uh, questions or feedback uh, by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com or on Twitter at nhhsports. You can listen to the football show uh, every Tuesday morning this season at nh-highschoolsports.com. And uh, before we get started, uh, I was so excited about starting the podcast last week that I forgot to mention uh, some new membership options for the 2020-2021 uh, school year. That was too many 20s in there. Uh, school year. Uh, some of you may have already read about it already, but this year uh, I'll be adding more video to the menu of coverage at nh-highschoolsports.com. Uh, if you sign up for a Sports Insider Plus membership, either the monthly or the yearly option, you uh, will get access to all the video posted throughout the year, uh, along with everything else that you normally would get with the membership. Uh, and if you sign up before October 1st and use uh, the discount code FALLSPORTS2020, all one word, capital F, capital S, uh, you get $20 off the membership. So go and check that out. Uh, I'll be posting some more video actually tomorrow, and uh, we'll have some more coming up this week. I'm trying to get out to... Uh, you know, at least four or five games a week, uh, you know, as my schedule allows. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of stuff up there. And, and of course, every Tuesday you'll have uh, the, the podcast to listen to. And uh, this week, I think we're going to take a look at uh, what's going to be the uh, the game one or week one schedule coming up on Friday. Yeah, now, Joe, before we get on to the schedule, you had mentioned to me a few weeks ago that you were planning on doing um, – potentially doing uh, video for um, whole games. Yeah, that's what Is that I, still your, your intent, or have you shifted from that a little mostly bit? Mostly whole game. Yeah, I'm gonna, it's going to be as much of a whole game as I can get. There, there are moments uh, I'm, I'm still working out the bugs in terms of uh, uh, remembering to have the camera pointed in the right direction uh, and also have it on uh, and in focus. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, those are all yeah, important. Working out the bugs. Uh, I've discovered a couple of things about you know, where I can shoot from and, and where I can't shoot from and where it's a good idea to, uh, or not a good idea to shoot from. Like uh, this past weekend, I was up on top of the press box at Sauhegan. Um, forgot that I'm actually uh, at, at noontime on top of a press box. You're actually probably the closest to the sun you're you're ever going to be. Uh, at oh, event. yeah. And uh, got a little bit of sun. Uh, discovered what a mask tan uh, is. Um you had a, <laughs> oh no! I was sitting there, sitting on the couch with my wife watching TV Saturday night, and uh, she looks over at me and she goes, "Why do you have a red triangle on the side of your head?" Oh <laughs> no, dude! Like, oh, you know what? That must be a mask tan. How about that? Yeah, that's a thing these days it's, now, yeah, huh? Definitely a thing. Yeah. So you know, it's a, it, it is a learning. It's going to be a learning process for me. Hopefully, uh, everyone out there has a little bit of patience uh, as I uh, I try to work out the kinks on that, but. Um, yeah, it's something. Um, it's something that I, I kind of have been, um, kind of toying with the idea uh, for a while, and um, you know, just the situation we're in kind of makes it. It makes sense to try it, so I figured, why not now? Yeah, I, I wanted to bring it up just because we don't know. Um, at least I don't know anyway. Maybe maybe you know, but I don't know what the different these different schools are going to be doing for. Uh, you know, their, their policies and, and um, protocols for allowing fans to games, right? We talked about that a little last week where you said the Nashua schools have sort of a unique uh, approach where, you know, they're saying only home team fans can go to Stelos 
Um, and that will certainly impact this week's game when we get when we get into talking about that type of stuff. But I've heard other schools um, just talking around to teachers and, and coaches that I know are saying um, it's family only and only two people per player, right? So maybe a mom and a dad or a dad and a sister or whatever that might look like. So there's there's some pretty interesting restrictions um, depending on what school you're, you're yeah, going to attend. Yeah, and I'm, I'm kind of hoping that people can get those from somewhere if they're planning on going out and seeing games. But uh, the, the best the, um, the, the best advice I think I could give is just to, if you if you don't know, um, reach out to the athletic department. Um, yeah, yeah, right. Because yeah. I think they're going to be different at each school. It's not like there was an NHIAA, um, there were guys, you know, set, there, set of guidance that says, yeah. "Hey, this is what what's happening in the in the different venues for fans." But anyway, I wanted to bring it up just because it, if that means that there's a game that people are really interested in and you've got coverage on it um, from a video perspective, people can still see the game. Absolutely. You know, so yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of a big deal. Um, Giving you a plug there, Joe. That's a really <laughs> roundabout way. <laughs> of telling people, hey, if you can't or don't want to go to the games uh, in person this year for various personal reasons, um, you can get some good video off the site. That's exactly what I was going for. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, it, it, it's going to be different um, school to school. Um, like we, I think we said last week, yeah, Nashville is only allowing home fans um, for the for their games at South or at North at Stello Stadium. Um, you know, which, uh, so like today I was over there for, uh, North South field hockey and it was South was the home team. So it was just South, uh, parents. They had their senior night, um, for the South girls and, and they're playing again on Wednesday. North will be the home team and they'll, you know, have the, I imagine have senior night and have their North parents there for, for that game. So yeah, it's, it's different place to place. I, um, I've heard more about what the media policies are going to be. Um, you know, that, that's just what a lot of ADs have been telling me, obviously, because that's what I was emailing them or getting in touch with them about. And, um, yeah, I've, I've heard or I've seen some different things. I was over at Sauhegan uh, for a couple of games this past weekend, too. Um, you know, they had visiting fans there. Um, you know, it wasn't a ton of people. There weren't, you know, weren't as nearly as many people as you would normally find, like, around the field. Um, yeah. Pretty much, I'd say... If there were 100 people there, 98 of them were wearing masks. Um, yes, I saw those two people that weren't. So yeah, you know, you weren't you weren't uh, that as uh, as uh, hidden as you thought you were. Um, right. I could see everything from up on the press press box. Just just letting you know. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be different everywhere you go. But I think I think the general thing is uh, contact the um, AD um, athletic offices before you go. Uh, and um, and wear your mask because I think everyone's going to be requiring them, at least in the southern part of the state. Yeah. All right. So as we as we mentioned, uh, this Friday uh, going to be the first weekend of uh, football in New Hampshire, and uh, we we kind of got into it a little bit last week. I think that um, this would have been the week in the season. I think uh, week four when we start to see a lot of the uh, the big rivalry games, uh, particularly in Division One. And, um, you know, this weekend, that's exactly what we have on the schedule for the most part in Division One, And uh, it's I think it kind of makes it pretty intriguing that you were, we're jumping right uh, uh, into the water here. Um, you know, and we've got these matchups that, you know, normally you'd have a couple weeks to, to kind of get ready for. And instead, you know, they're they're coming right out and playing these games. I think that's pretty exciting. Yeah, it is. I, I, I was looking at the, the it's really Division One that sort of showcases um, – 
some of that. Although although two and three, there's some some noteworthy ones. But you know, we can we can start with Division One. I. I mean, you can go right down that list, and you are absolutely right. It is the list that you expect from that rivalry weekend, right? You got the Manchester School Central Memorial. That's always a fun game. North South, we've talked about Pinkerton, Londonderry, Goffstown, Bedford, Exeter, Winnie. Um, you know, I mean, those are, those are games that you, that, you know, are going to be great games. I think it is exciting having them come out and do that right out of the gate and knowing that you can, you know, you can get a notch up on your rival right there in week one, or you can put your rival in an O and one hole in a, in a shorter season right out of the gate. Um, I think the, I think as a, as a coach, what I would be worried about there is, you know, that's tough, right? I, I think the reason the NHIAA and the scheduling committee were always smart to be putting those games sort of mid-season is, is uh, you know, you always hear the cliche mid-season form. You know, that that's a real thing, though, yeah. right? You, yeah. You've got some chance to to play and to develop your schemes and to kind of find your identity, um, work on your, your different skills at different positions. And you haven't been, hopefully anyway, you know, kind of banged up as much by that point. So you should be at your ideal point, you know, week three, four, five, kind of in there. Um, so you may not be seeing these teams at their best yet because they did have limited practice. And, um, you know, I mean, they didn't even get to have double sessions this year and things like that. So but doesn't, um, um, doesn't coming out this way too, I mean, you know, you if you – you know, maybe open the season against a different team in this situation, you know, maybe there, there isn't as much juice uh, to it or excitement. I, I would think that this gets you going, like it's the adrenaline pumping right off the bat. I mean, you're coming out here and, oh, man, we get to, you know, if I'm south, we get to play north first game, or if I'm Memorial, we're, we're playing central. You know, I, yeah. I, you, you, when you, when you um, didn't mention, too, uh, Bishop Girton and Merrimack, I mean, that's a, I guess, it's kind of a, a different rivalry because, I mean, not like they're the, you know, same town or anything, but, but they've had a, a good rivalry going back uh, a while now, I think. Yeah. Uh, I think there's no lost so. love there for yeah. sure. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it, yeah, it's, it, I mean, how much does that play into it too? That, that, you know, they're coming out and, and I think everyone's probably going to have, you know, the rivalries plus just the fact that we're out playing sports uh, is, I think is going to be huge too. Right. Yeah, you know, that's actually a really excellent point about doing it week one, and especially in this unique year, is that, you know, I would imagine it was kind of hard getting cranked up for practice. Practice has finally started for teams this year. I think a lot of schools were already, you know, it was like their first day of school or they were just starting school or had just started school. It's got a bit of a different feel to it when you're not coming in your first day of doubles and you know you're going to have a couple scrimmages and you know, a jamboree to get under your belt and stuff. So the, I would guess, I, I think to your point that you were making Joe, or at least as an addendum to it, getting juiced up for week one. I mean, that really does put an exclamation point on the intensity and the sense of urgency in those, in those practices that you, you do have now, right? If I know if I'm North and I know we're going into play South and we're both highly touted teams, man, every minute of those practices, matters right there's no oh yeah we're going out to do our you know our third august practice today before we get going on a a scrimmage that we have at the end of the week i mean you don't have that feel coming into your first day of practice you know every minute counts because we open right up with a test so that's kind of cool actually yeah it's um you know and and some of these games too i mean these are teams that were you know 
North and South, we're expecting them to be two of the better teams in the division this year. Uh, BG and Merrimack both fighting. We're, we're in that mix for playoff spots a year ago. Um, of course, Pinkerton Londonderry is, you know, I, I mean, it, it, it's, if not the best, one of the best rivalries in the state. Um, you know, that game draws, in normal times, draws uh, quite the crowd. I can't imagine there's going to be anything near that, you know, in the, you know this weekend. But uh, and Do you know, Joe, if they're <laughs> use if Pinkerton Londonderry is using this as the Mac Black weekend? I got to imagine. I mean, they're they're playing. Um, so it's in, in a lot of in the non football sports. Um, you know, they've in Division One. They've grouped um, the schedules around. So like North and like I said, North and South field hockey are playing twice this week. You know, so right. is volleyball. So is soccer teams. Pinkerton Londonderry field hockey is playing. They played today, uh, Monday, and then they'll play again Wednesday. I believe the soccer teams are playing too. So there's a lot of um, a lot of schools that are just playing. Like they just matched up football along with other sports um, on the gotcha. schedule in that week. Um, so I don't know if it's maybe it's just going to be kind of like a week long thing, um, kind of like what Nashua does with the the battle for the bridge. Um, yeah. So I'm, I would I would think it's something like that. Um, but you know, and the, and the other, the other one that kind of, um, you know, go sometimes goes to determine seating is, is Goffstown Bedford. Um, you know, those guys have had some real battles, um, you know, going back to when they were in D3, um, you know, so that's always a fun matchup. And then Exeter at Winniconnet, um, you know, I know, you know, it seems like when Winniconnet has been good, Exeter has been, I think, um, you know, they were down a little bit the year Winniconnet won and then. Um, last year, of course, Exeter made the final. Winnicott struggled a little bit during the season, um, you know. But that's always a game. All you know, even in years when one's been when when one's been pretty down, um, they still play each other very, very well. Yes, that's kind of the the uh, you know you you see that in college and pro sports a lot. You you don't see it as much in high school sports because I think at the high school level. You know, when a team is down, it's down, right? I mean, at the right. pro level and college level, I mean, those guys are all elite athletes. It's just a matter of of inches as opposed to yards in terms of the differences between teams. I like that. That's a good. Uh, that's a good analogy there. <laughs> I had to use yards there. We're talking football. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But with but but with Exeter and Winnicunnet, you're absolutely right. Even when one when there's a um, a record disparity between the two, right? You know, maybe one team's coming in it at two and four and the other teams coming in at, uh, you know, five and one or something, right. Those games. in fact, in, in some cases, the, the, the underdog team ends up winning or it's just really close. And, and I think that's been a beautiful thing about that rivalry is that even if you take the win loss record, uh, aside in it, which I think that's pretty close. The, the scores of the games are always pretty tight. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just a competitive, um, electric rivalry that's that's been a lot of fun for a long time. Uh, there's a couple other D1 teams playing Friday too. Uh, of course, Alvern and Salem uh, playing Friday night. Um, kind of an interesting matchup because I don't. I think at the beginning uh, when schedules were first starting to be put together, those two teams weren't supposed to play each other. Uh, but their opponents, I think, had some uh, some issues with. Um, you know, just a couple of kids at, at, at testing positive for COVID and, and having to, you know, um, back out of playing events. Like I know Wyndham just, um, I think they were supposed to play one of them. They uh, finally got cleared to start practicing, I believe, this week. Uh, it looks like they're going to have a, a game, their first game in a couple of weeks. 
Uh, maybe some of their other sports are getting back into into games next week too. Um, you know, and then you've got a what's really an interesting matchup um, that I we were talking before we started that I think I don't think it's happened in probably twelve or thirteen years where you have conquered uh, playing Trinity. Uh, of course, Trinity, the defending Division Three champs, um, who who many many years ago uh, was in Division One. Um, you know, they dropped down. I think they actually dropped their varsity program, uh, maybe like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, somewhere in there, to kind of uh, rebuild there and get back up, and then came back in and I want to say Division Five or Division Four, and kind of have gradually moved back up. Of course, in Division Three last year. Uh, so that that should be an interesting kind of matchup, um, you know, a, a Trinity team that was very good last year and and you know graduated some good kids, but you know has a lot returning against a, a Division One team that's kind of been on the fringe of the playoffs the last couple of years. Yeah, you know, one of the things that occurred to me when I was thinking about some of these matchups, like like the Trinity Concord matchup, is that you always hear coaches say, um, you know when they used to do the crossover games I, I, is, is what makes me think the most, right? There were a couple of years where uh, even division three was crossing over with division one, for example. Right. So there was a year that, yeah. you know, Sal Hegan had played Concord and Hollis Brookline played uh, Memorial and Milford played Londonderry. There was this, there was a sort of crossover week one thing. And, and actually the, a lot of the division three teams, I think it was 2011 beat the division one team. I think you're right. I think it was actually those three matchups. Uh, right, right. Yeah, that's then, what, that's what made me think of it. And, and didn't Sauhegan at some point in there too beat Central? Um, I believe. Uh, that was the year before. Was it okay? Okay. I think so. I think so. Actually, I, I could be wrong. So, so don't quote me on that. I'm <laughs> quoting myself on that, but you can't quote okay. me on that. All right. But, <laughs> but, uh, but, um, but you know, I, I remember, I remember Keith Jones being quoted in the paper back then when Milford had beaten. Um, a pretty good Londonderry team. And, you know, the, whoever was, was doing the story, it might've even been you, I don't remember, but somebody had asked him a question about, you know, how do you feel about the competition between division three and division one, given that, you know, by the way, we had just, you know, we just heard that HP beat Memorial and, and whatever. Right. And, you know, J Jones came out and said, well, you know, I might be able to beat him once. I don't think we're going to be able to go out and beat a team like that every week. Right. Meaning, yeah. Yeah, we could compete with a Division One team. Right. I'm not sure we could compete in Division One. Right. There's there's a there's a important difference there that I think he was trying to point out. Yeah. All those years ago. Anyway, my point is that it is interesting this year, though, because with the limited schedule, you know, it's not a nine game season or whatever it might otherwise be. You you don't you don't take as much of a pounding. Right. So the uh, the injury and, and just sort of wear and tear attrition isn't there. So anyway, I just find it fascinating that we're going to have some of these um, what would seem to be eye raise, you know, eyebrow raising matchups between teams that are clearly not aligned uh, enrollment or division wise. But I don't think it's going to be one of these cases where, you know, you're there, there may be some overmatching because you don't have those prolonged seasons. So the Concord Trinity game, especially uh, week one, yeah, mm -hmm. where none of that has taken yeah. its toll. It's been a pretty light, um, even even off season, right? Just because of all the, the um, limitations that they've had. So could be a very competitive game. I mean, Trinity's coming off a, um, a championship. Yeah. Um, there is one division one game that, uh, that will not be happening. Um, that was on the schedule for Friday too. 
the uh, Dover and Spalding, uh, unfortunately, will not be able to continue their rivalry. Of course, Spalding last week had a, some kids test, you know, came out that some kids tested positive, and they've had to shut down the school and cancel everything uh, going on, you know, and in terms of extracurriculars. Uh, what was interesting, too, was they were all, their JV team was also scheduled to play Saturday against uh, Farmington Newt, or at least that's what was on the schedule online. So that that's also been canceled. Um you know, so that that leaves there's there's a probably a handful of teams, not counting, um, you know, I th- believe Dover might be trying to find someone else to play. I'm not I'm not positive on that. Um, but even aside from that, there's a couple of teams that just didn't schedule games, um, you know, to open the, the weekend here for for whatever reason. I don't think it has anything to do with, you know, uh, anything to do with covid or, or anything like that. Um, of course, Keene, Milford, um Kingswood and Raymond are, are also teams that don't have games to start out the this first week here. And, um, you know, just kind of an, I think an interesting thing that, that we're just going to have to, we'll see it at certain points in this season. I think there's a couple other teams that have, uh, I guess you'd say buys, um, you know, coming up, uh, leaving them with, um, you know, four games instead of five. It looks like most teams are going to have five games, uh, at least a- as of right now. Um yeah, so it's something we'll have to keep an eye on every week, who's playing, who's not. I'm sure there'll be more changes uh, as we keep going. Um, but we were... Uh, yeah, you know, that's that's the hard part is that you um, you might have something like that happening every week. Yeah. You just don't know. Um, I mean, you know, th- this, this is occurring um, to the Spalding-Dover scheduled game, and, you know, the league hasn't even played yet. So, you know, I think that's the thing that you have to really keep an eye on as the season goes forward is, um, you know, what what kind of scrambling ends up happening if, uh, you know, another team has to shut down week two or two teams end up having to shut down week three. And it's, it's, you know, that that's the that's the chess match that I'm just I'm nervous about, as we talked about last week, that, of course, you know, if you get enough of that happening, it's almost how do you recover it? in terms of whatever system you have set up for, for playoffs, et cetera. But I don't want to get too much into it now. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> cause gonna... we were talking about that before we got on the call and it was like, Whoa, yeah, we're, I'm just uh... a little woozy from thinking about some of those scenarios. But... Yeah. We'll just, it's, I mean, it's just going to have to be wait and see, uh, really. Um, that's, I think that's how the whole, whole season and, and not just with football, the whole fall season is going to play out. Um, you know, but we were, we were talking rivalries in, in division one and, uh, you know, there's a couple in, in um, you know, lower division games, um, whether it be in the division or kind of going outside the division. Of course, in D2, you've got uh, Hollis Brookline playing at Sauhegan Friday night. Um, you know, two teams that um, have kind of gone back and forth with each other over the last couple of years. That was, that was a, uh, a one-sided rivalry for most of the, uh, the 2000s, um, you know, with Sauhegan really dominating up until, what, I think 20, 2010, 2011? Yeah. 2011. Yeah, when um what Hollis was uh semifinalist that year. Um what's Yeah, Hollis beat Sauhegan 35 to nothing in the regular season and that was that was the first time Hollis had beaten Sauhegan and it's been pretty back and forth since then. Um and they've been, and they've almost all been great games since then. Yeah. Really great games since since the playoff game the 2010 playoff game. Um, right. between those two programs. And that was, you know, that was a decade ago now. So that that's been 10 years of, of, um, 
some pretty good games, some pretty competitive games, and not only that, but some 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 games that have decided things. Right. They did. They had a back and forth game a couple of years ago. What in the last week of the regular season that was uh, was for a playoff spot, I believe. Yeah. Uh, it was just kind of like an uh, an offensive, you know, fireworks just going back and forth. Um, you know, in that second half, and you know, I don't know if we're going to see that um, on Friday, but certainly it'll be uh, a fun uh, a fun game to see uh i think just because of that familiarity with each other and and you know um like i said was at sauhegan last weekend for a couple of games and and i think you know that i don't think they expect the crowd to be you know pre-covid size but but it'll be i, I it can, you can make a lot of noise with a small amount of people as i think we've uh we've come to see watching uh some some high school games and also some of these uh college games on tv i don't know how much you've been watching those i've definitely spent little extra time watching some college football with uh without being at a high school game on Saturdays. Yeah, no, I, it's true. The, the you can it's not as as pathetic <laughs> as you thought it might be in terms of the the crowd noise and uh okay. Yeah, I mean if that if that um HB Sauhegan game is is even a quarter of what it has been in the past, it'll still be loud. People get excited about that one and um you know, I think it's also an interesting matchup because you've got the defending champs, which are the Cavaliers coming in and playing yeah. a team that a lot of people think in whatever format it materializes, you know, would would be, could be the division two champs this year, which is the, the Sauhegan Sabres. So, um, so again, right out of the gate, a game to get juiced about. Yeah. Um, a couple other games too, that involve uh, D two teams playing teams from lower divisions on Friday. Uh, you got Lebanon hosting Stevens, which um, Lebanon this year, of course, moving up to D2 uh, from D3. Stevens uh, still in D3. I mean, this is, um, I, I, I think, a bit of a rivalry game going back, you know, probably, you know, long before. I, You know, I definitely was around for football, maybe even you too. Uh, you know, I think these two teams probably have played each other. You've got... Um, you know, Hanover going to Fall Mountain, uh, which is kind of an interesting matchup. Of course, Fall Mountain, uh, the runner-up in D4 last year, um, and Hanover kind of a, a struggling D2 team, or D2, excuse me, D2 team a year ago. Uh, so that's a kind of an interesting matchup. Um, and then you've got um, Winnesquam going to Laconia. Uh, Winnesquam, the, the defending, or, or excuse me, the two-time uh, D4 champion, now in D3, and of course Laconia also in D3. Uh, yeah, so those are the that rounds out the uh, the Friday schedule. So those those are kind of interesting matchups too. I think. Yeah, it is the Hanover Fall Mountain one is kind of fun because, you know, t- two seasons ago, not 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 last season, but you know, uh, let's say 2018, and and back, if anybody suggested that Fall Mountain was going to be playing against Hanover, uh, you know, you might be concerned about that in terms of. <laughs> Uh, the the competitiveness, right? I mean, Fall Mountain had really struggled for over a decade, and Hanover has been maybe not as consistent as of late, but you know, is, is generally a pretty good program. But with the way that Fall Mountain has developed over the last couple years, and like you said, Hanover struggled a little bit last year. I, that's a, again, it's a great opportunity for one of these what otherwise might raise an eyebrow type of uh, division disparity matchups to happen, and say, I don't know. It could be, yeah. it could be a very interesting game. Uh, yep. On uh, of course on Saturday we've got a uh, bunch more games. Um, none in D one, but a uh, bunch in D two. You've actually uh, 
got uh, Pembroke going on to, to play at John Stark. Um, in one of the more intriguing matchups of the day for a couple of different reasons, you got Timberlane, which uh, has moved down to D2 from D1, traveling up north to play Plymouth um, in a game that, I, f I mean, just it, it, it's an interesting matchup anyways. Um, you know, Timberlane, of course, like we said, having struggled in D1 the last couple of years. Uh, Plymouth, a, a team that's been dominant um, for probably close to forever. Um, you know, probably when the old man in the mountain played, uh, I would imagine he went to Plymouth and uh, was was pretty good at football there. Um, I think that is. I think that's a good point. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I. But but then it's also you know I mean we had all this talk all year or all summer of of regional schedules, um, and I'm pretty sure Timberline and Plymouth are not in the same region. Uh, so kind of interesting. That is how we would define a region. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, the, no, there are some interesting matchups there, right? Uh, the, the Pembroke Stark one that you mentioned kind of coming out of the gate is, is interesting. Stark's been pretty successful, um, the last three or four years. And, you know, from what I've heard, they've, they've got a good crop this year, but it's depth is going to be a concern. I, I don't think they have more than 30 kids. Yeah in the program. So they've, um, you know, they've taken a little bit of a hit on numbers. Whereas, you know, you look at Pembroke, Pembroke took a pretty good step forward last year. They won three games. Uh, they, they had struggled the previous three, four five years. Maybe, um, they won three games and they're bringing back 19 starters. So, you know, that could be an interesting game for Pembroke to get out of the gate right away on a Stark team that might be in a, in a little bit of a rebuilding year. Yeah. Uh, you also got um, St. Thomas at Guilford Belmont. Uh, I believe St. Thomas might be on like their fourth head coach since the end of last year. I know there's been you yeah. know, a couple of guys stepping in and stepping down and moving on, you know, and um, it's just been kind of a revolving door um, there. So that should be interesting. And um, probably the game of the division two, you know, game of the day there. Uh, you've got Hillsborough during Hopkinton, which moves is back up in D2 after two years in D3. Uh, traveling to uh, to play Bo on Saturday. That looks like a yeah, game. yeah. And Hillsborough during Hopkinton, um, they lost Colby Quiet, who we talked about um, almost every week last year, yeah. and and I, I, it's because it wasn't because we had a, a you know a particular leaning. I mean, it was just you you couldn't talk, you couldn't not talk about him with the performances that he had, particularly in the first four or five weeks of the season. It was it was. Uh, you know, it was pretty incredible what he was putting up, but they return almost their whole offense other than quiet. And, you know, maybe one or two of the offensive linemen from what I understand, right. Oberheim is back at quarterback. He's a two year starter. Um, they've got a number of other skill position uh, weapons that are coming back in. And so, you know, you go over and you, you're going to play a bow team that has been, um, you know, quite frankly, a, a dominant force in the division the last few years, right? I mean, right up there with a Plymouth uh, in terms of what they've accomplished. And, you know, they might, Bo might be a little young this year. So, you know, what a, uh, you know, that's, that's an interesting game because you've got sort of an upstart team that's coming up a division, but has a lot of guys back like Jack Morrell, um, who's been a, a great skill position player for them, a number of guys on the line. I mean, I, I saw some of their, the Hillsborough, Deering, Hopkinton linemen. I mean, they're big. 
they're big and they're, and I'm not talking about big, like soft, big, I mean, big weight room guys. Um, so that, that could be a much more interesting game than you would traditionally look at it and say, and shrug and say, okay, you know, Bo and the boys are probably going to ring that one up. I, 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 I don't think that's going to be the case. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a couple other uh, D two teams playing out of division on Saturday. Um, you got Sanborn at Pelham, which is is an out of division game. Pelham's down in uh, in D three this year uh, after being in D two for the last uh, feels like four or five maybe. Um, you know, and then you've got Kennett playing at Interlakes Moultonboro, which I believe has got to be the first. Uh, first time those programs have ever played. And then uh, one that, that, that we were kind of, again, we were talking about before we started here that, that is another, you know, it, it's off the field storylines here that, that just kind of intrigue us. Uh, Merrimack Valley at Bishop Brady. Uh, yeah. Why, why are we so interested in that one? I thought that was fascinating because um, it, it, the coaching matchup is Merrimack Valley's Joe Raycraft versus um, – Bishop Brady's Tony Johnson, two coaches that haven't coached against one another since the year 2000. Uh, when, interestingly enough, I mean, talk about looking for weirdness uh, and, and chaos and, and, and patterns here. When Coach Joe Raycraft, now the Merrimack Valley head coach, was the head coach at Merrimack High School, and Tony Johnson, the Bishop Brady head coach, was the head coach at Bishop Girton. That's a little eerie. It is. It is a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> and it's been 20 years since that last matchup um, between those two coaches. So I find that fascinating. You know, it, it it it'll be interesting to see how much each of them has changed and how much each of them has stayed the same. And uh, um, I don't know much about either of those teams' rosters. I tried to tried to research it a little bit in terms of you know what they had coming back, but I just I just didn't have didn't have time to take a look at it so it's definitely i mean and then of course you've got i mean merrimack valley's been a division two uh team for a while um you know have struggled i think the last couple of years um and then bishop brady uh is now down in division four uh believe they were a playoff team last year they were close to it uh, but i know they've had their ups and downs um you know probably going back the last again four five six years so it'd be interesting. Yeah, different yeah, coaching changes, kind of like what you. I mean, not maybe as severe as St. Thomas having three or four over an off season, but uh, but but yeah, they've they've had they've had some some considerable inconsistency. They might be way up one year and kind of way down another, from what I remember. Uh, you know, and then um, in Division Three, uh, one really you know true matchup uh, Saturday between Division Three teams, and it's um, man, is it a good one? Uh, Monadnock at Campbell, uh, which, you know, going back to 2017, 2018, I mean, this was, this was the game. It was the championship game matchup those two years. Um, you know, these teams always seem to get into a dogfight. Uh, last year, Campbell got up big on Monadnock and, and Monadnock ended up coming back and I think even taking the lead in the fourth quarter, uh, before Campbell was able to come back and go back ahead. Um, and if I'm remembering correctly, I don't remember exactly what it was, but there was some very strange officiating in that game too. Um, so yeah, you know, just weird stuff. You know, the the championship game they played in in 2018. You know, Monadnock was was a heavy favorite, having just blown the doors off Campbell in the regular season, and then they needed a, a last second field goal to win it. Uh, and then the year before, um, you know, it was another close game that Campbell was able to eke out at the end. So 
Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, you know, I don't know too much again about either team coming into this year, and and I don't know how much they've been able to get together and 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 practice and get ready for this. But I, I mean, it's you, uh, you it's, know they both yeah. lost a lot to graduation. Yes. That's one Absolutely. thing that you do know. Um, you, you know, Manadnock had a few players whose names escape me now. Um, but that were just workhorses in terms of uh, running backs and def- and and you know defensive players. Um, you had a, a phenom uh, that graduated from Campbell, whose name also escapes uh, me now. <laughs> yep, Keegan Mills was uh, Keegan in- Mills. Thank you. How could I forget? He started for four years, for God's sake. Uh, um, so, so both teams will be a, have a very different look, I think. Um, and and this is sort of one of those. You know, we talked about. Um, Exeter Winnicott and, and, and Londonderry Pinkerton and Memorial Central as sort of those classic New Hampshire rivalries. Uh, North-South is, is a newer one, but a, a natural one. This is sort of like a nouveau rivalry because of those things that you just mentioned. Yeah. They, they've faced each other in the championship games. They've had controversial regular season games. You know, they've they've both been sort of the dominant force that typically meets late in the season. Um when they're in the same division and they played each other and now they're coming out week one yeah, and it, it's just, it has a weird feel to it. I think the last few years they've played, they've, it's definitely been second half of the season, if not late second yeah, half. Yeah. What they they've say, typically faced off. They say that rivalries, um, and then uh, certainly, obviously they, you know, they've played in the, in the finals. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm very interested in that one just because those are classically successful and tough programs in terms of their physicality. But I, th- I think they're both going to have very different looks this year in terms of uh, having lost a lot of superstars to graduation. Uh, and then uh, we got a couple Division Four games also on the schedule for Saturday. Uh, Newport at Muscoma and uh, Franklin at Newfound. Um, yeah, that, that pretty much wraps up uh, the week one schedule. Um, you know, I'm... I'm again, we're, we're really, uh, I think, anxious to see what this looks like. Just, you know, one, because... You know, it's it's been. I, I know going out this past weekend and going to those games, it was really strange uh, to try to get back into things. It's like I want to say it's like riding a bike, but it almost was. I don't know. I, I mean, taking six months off from uh, from doing these kind of things, it's like, how does my camera work again? Yeah. Uh, what happens when the ball goes in the net? Like, you know, those kind of things. Uh, oh yeah, I got It's time for this in the game. This is what happens here. Um, you know, so those kind of things are going to, you'll have to kick off the rust a little bit. Um, you know, but it's just, I, I, the anticipation of seeing just what these teams look like too, um, I think is, is makes for, makes us even more exciting. It does. It's like we said last week, there's a, you know, there's obviously a, a cloud hanging over this season that, that is the, uh, you know, that this whole COVID environment and all the protocols associated with it and all the fears and concerns and, and things associated with, but the silver lining is, is all of these unique stories that we're going to be able to talk about in terms of just the, uh, the different matchups that you're going to get and the, um, the different type of schedule and, and playoff, um, formats, uh, you know, it, it lends itself to a little bit of, um, freshness, you know, that, that otherwise wouldn't have been there. And so, you know, God willing, everybody stays healthy and safe and we get to see it through. 
and and we get to talk about these things and see how they go every week. I mean, I think that's going to be pretty awesome. Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned playoffs, and and that's something we still. I mean, we we've been so focused on you know just what the regular season's going to look like. You know, we've heard a little bit about you know Division Four, Division Three. You know, their playoffs kind of work themselves out. I think because you've got eight eight teams that are playing in each of those divisions. Of course, two teams in each sitting sitting out the year. Um, which lines up perfectly to have just an open tournament. I believe that's what they're going to do for both. Um, yeah, just seed them up and play. Yeah, uh, but for yep. Division One and Two, I mean, I I've, I haven't heard anything as of you know as of us talking right now Monday night. Um, you know, so I I don't know if there's been any any movement on that. Um, and it's it should be interesting. I mean, because you got eighteen or excuse me, um, you got twenty teams in Division One, right? Um, and then you've got uh, 18 in Division Two, you know. So it's how do you kind of break those down? I mean, you you at be, you know a 16 team tournament works out best, but then you're looking at two teams out in Division Two that don't get in, which is kind of rough, and four in Division One, which you know it's kind of it's a tough spot to be in. So I, I'm hopefully we'll hear about this uh, in the coming weeks, and you know we'll uh, we'll have a better picture of that to tell you about, you know soon yeah yeah i think first and foremost let's hope we get there <laughs> right right um, of course. And, and yeah I th- and i and i think when you do get there what's that going to look like you know you know who's left hopefully everybody but i think it's i think it's a fair question to ask and then how do you how do you oscillate and adjust if you know somebody's not available for it yeah. that otherwise would have been seated in and and playing, you know, I think, I think there's going to be a lot of questions and uh, potentially a lot of scrambling, um, potentially again, right? Like I hope nobody gets me wrong on this one. I, I, I hope that does not happen. <laughs> I really, really do. But we both hope that this whole entire season gets played out exactly the way it's scheduled to right now. Absolutely. Without question. Um, but but you, again, you think about realistically is that you know I mean you you mentioned right at the top right there's already a cancellation or two um, that's happened and so you know you got to be realistic too and say okay so you know what are the contingency plans I, I'm not sure uh, I'm not sure that I'm smart enough to know what that would be but uh, somebody's probably crunching it. And they're not talking to us. <laughs> <laughs> they don't care whether we know no, or not. We, we definitely have no, <laughs> and nor should they. We definitely have no say in what happens. Right. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, you know, if we if we do hear anything, we'll, of course, talk about it. Um, I think we pretty much wrapped up this week's games, and, and hopefully by next week we'll have um, we'll have some more answers, not just about that, but just about what, uh, what it's going to look like this year. Uh, you know, I, or at least I hope so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, it'll be it'll it'll feel nice and familiar just to be talking about players and results. Yep, absolutely. Again, right? I mean, that's the meat and potatoes of what we like to do. We've done a lot of speculating and um, so forth over the last couple of weeks, but man, it'll feel good next week coming in and saying, you know, this guy did this for this team, and and you know, this is starting to shape up. That that's that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm sure they are as well. Of course. Well, Mike, uh, I want to thank you again for uh, for joining me this week. Um, definitely uh, feels good to be back and talking about football, and I'm already looking forward to next week. Yeah, absolutely. All right, he is uh, Mike Lockman. I am Joe Marcellina. Uh Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.